0: This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and streaming live on the internet at KUCI.org. I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf coming up in just a few moments. A Middle Earth perspective on life with What Would Arwen Do? KCI Ima, Ki Ite Imas. Elasto Bet KUCI, 88.9 FM, Koyama. Yo en la
1: Kikinita KUCI. Estás escuchando la KUCI 88.9. Resposta KUCI. Usekute la radio
0: KUCI, Catawall, 8.9 FM. You're listening to 88.9 FM KUCI in Irma.
1: Why do you linger here when there is no hope? Tempted to think there's no hope for overcoming some of the challenges of modern life? Ask an elf. Or a hobbit. Tune in Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. with Milo Lombsdowne at your service and
0: Tani Tenuvial, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf
1: for What Would Arwen Do? on KUCI Irvine, 88.9 FM and streaming live on KUCI.org.
0: The opinions and views expressed on this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show or other programs on KUCI, please log on to KUCI.org for the latest program schedule. And Suilaid to all my elf friends, I am Tani Tanuviel and welcome to What Would Arwen Do on every Tuesday, every other Tuesday, four to five PM on KUCI Irvine eighty eight point nine FM. And in case you are tuning in for the very first time, you may be wondering what in the world is this show all about? Well, this is the show where I ask, we ask, if a Middle Earth elf lived today in Orange County, California, what might her life look like? How would she celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures, all things that elves would be concerned about? Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do, which is a very good question. But on this program, we ask, what would Arwen do? And in case you don't know, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing lore and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen was also a beloved daughter of the universe, as are all of the women of this fair celestial home called Earth, or in Elvish, Arda. I believe Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige, with great privilege comes responsibility. She embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light through her courage, wisdom, beauty, her sense of humor, and her service to others. In Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, Colin Duriez wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, dwarves, hobbits, and the like partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. So I believe, we believe this, quote, elven quality exists in every person and yearns for expression through the gifts of creativity, nobility, and service to others. So, excuse me. Here on KUCI, having a public affairs program, which is an incredible privilege, and being friends with a hobbit (laughs) right here in the Middle Earth campus of UCI, when things arise that we want to think more deeply about, we like to ask the question, what would Arwen do? And so greetings, Milo, my dear hobbit friend.
1: It feels so good to be back on the other side (laughs) of the console.
0: Oh, well, this Although is... Although last
1: quarter's adventure was a valid adventure.
0: It was indeed. And um, I have to say that's, that's what it's all about for us for us elves. <coughs> Although you hobbits are a little more reluctant...
1: We are about adventures. reluctant about <laughs> adventures that involve us getting out of our normal place, that's for sure.
0: Well, I want to thank you so much for being willing to take the pilot seat all last quarter. It was an adventure for me, too, having done the show, What Would Arwen Do?, for five years to be the co-host on my own show. If there was no one on the planet, though, I would have hand, handed the reins over to you, but you, my dear Hobbit friend, and you rose to the occasion. And I have to say, it is it is kind of fun being over over, over on that side because you just get to kind of um, interject things from time to time, and you don't have to worry about pushing all these buttons and making all these knobs go the right way. <laughs> not,
1: not to mention Mr. Computer over there.
0: Mr. Computer. And, and we actually, I turned the recorder on, so... <laughs> We're in good shape, um, and this is the first port quor- the first show of the brand new quarter here at KUCI.
1: There may be new students. If so, welcome to KUCI, streaming live at kuci.org, as well as broadcasting over the FM airwaves at eighty-eight point nine megahertz. We have been. We have been broadcasting and streaming live on the internet for many, many years since basically the beginning of that technology at kuci.org.
0: In fact, KUCI was one of the very first radio stations to uh, stream to to um, to be featured in iTunes.
1: That's right. We also podcast this program as well as many other public affairs programs on KUCI. In our case, you go to the iTunes store and search on the word Arwen, that's A-R-W-E-N, and you'll see us show up as one of the first hits on that search, and that's a free podcast download, or you can go to KUCITalk.org and look at our podcast there as well.
0: Yes, and... um. It feels so funny being over on this side. It's like, you know, life is such an amazing adventure. It takes you, you get to sit in different places. You get to view the world from different perspectives. It's a whole different perspective viewing, you know, being part of this experience from this side than it is from that side. I am so glad that you got to have the experience of being on this
1: side. And I am, (laughs) in, in final analysis, as Bilbo was with his adventure in The Hobbit by Tolkien, I'm also glad I had that three-month adventure sitting in the control seat with the massive electrical panel in front of me and the big computer screen on my right, trying to do everything at once was i think it and may be a better CDs. person putting cd's in <laughs> the slots occasionally putting long playing records yeah we, checking we, all we, the
0: dials to make sure the levels are right
1: reading the transmitter wattage to make sure it's at 200 watts
0: yes and here you are and you probably you may have never imagined that you were such ha- that you were capable of being such a multitasking hobbit
1: i must confess however <laughs> but I do have a Class C license in the FCC realm, and that's uh, because many years ago, Elf Princess, many years ago, as counted in the lives of men, not the lives of elves, but in our time frame, it was quite a few years ago that I was in Cleveland, Ohio on the radio and had to do similar duty, although there the cart machine was a real physical (laughs) machine, not (laughs) a fancy computer.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So here, we don't have to have individual FCC licenses. Did you there?
1: Yes. At that point in time, in order to read the wattage on a radio station, even if it was only 10 watts, as Uh WRUW-FM was at that point, the voice of Case Western Reserve University as it is even today, you had to have a Class C license from the FCC Hmm. and you had to be tested. So I... Of course, passed the test with flying colors. It was of an course you test. did. <laughs> and, but you had to be licensed. And mm-hmm. I think about 15 or 20 years ago, they changed the law. The oh. FCC laws were changed. The regulations were changed so that for lower-powered stations, I think anything under, I think, 1,000 watts, uh, you do not need to have an FCC license to be turning on and off the transmitter.
0: Oh, oh. Well, we're very fortunate that we um, here at KCI we do take a an eight week training. We don't have to have a license, and um, I think we should take this opportunity to not only to welcome new students, perhaps even new faculty and staff here to UCI, the University of California at Irvine, from where we broadcast uh, here at KCI, and to let people know that um, oh, there is there is in fact a, an announcement about the next DJ training. QCI staff training. Uh, the DJ Winter training class will start on Tuesday, January 18th, so that'll be a week One from tonight. A
1: week from today. Today is <clears throat> 11/11.
0: That's right. And what is that's called something I forgot when you forget when you have all the numbers like that.
1: I don't know what name it's that a, is. It's given. A,
0: it's a funny it's a funny name. But I can't think of it. Anyway, <clears throat> but a week from today uh, beginning at 7 p.m. in HICF 100K, UCI students, faculty, and administrators with a strong desire to be part of the best radio station in Orange County are welcome. And if people are interested, they can send an email to training at KUCI.org for more information. And <clears throat> this is a training that both of us did Went through, uh, you get eight weeks of instruction, hands on training on the equipment. You get to sit in on some shows with people and uh, intern. You have the opportunity to learn what's all required in order to uh, be legal uh, on the air and also to be hopefully listenable.
1: <laughs> and you get to meet some tremendous people oh. both uh, the students as well as those of us who are not students are called community members occasionally we are allowed to come into the roster of programs as well. And, of course, the schedule, the complete schedule, which the new schedule for the winter quarter just started yesterday, Mm -hmm. is available at KUCI.org. Just click on the schedule highlight at the top of that web page.
0: Yes, so in case you are a regular listener to KCI, and I hope that you are or soon will be, in case there was a show that you particularly liked and perhaps have been searching for it and thought it uh, wasn't on the air anymore, please look at the schedule because um, every quarter we have some changes and it may have, in fact, moved to a different time slot. In fact, Bunnies in Space, which normally comes... um, Last quarter came on direct right after us, (coughs) is um, uh, moved, I believe, to uh, Wednesday night. And tonight at 6 p.m. it will be two left feet with Paul. So I know Bunnies in Space is still on. It's just moved to a different time slot.
1: That's (coughs) right. And and we are on from 4 p.m. until 5 p.m. On alternate Tuesdays, what happens at five PM on Tuesdays?
0: Well, <clears throat> very soon we will we will be going back to the Blue and Gold Report, which is uh, UCI's uh, show on UCI Sports with Mark Roberts. Although the next uh, couple of weeks uh, they're they're still on a little bit of a winter break, so I will be sitting in, in on that show. Um, And actually, I think I'll take the opportunity to just say what we're going to be doing today. Um, We here are going to be talking a little bit more about, um, as we have in the last couple of weeks, instead of setting resolutions for the new year that get broken, about thinking about uh, setting intentions. Right. And um, I'm going to take the opportunity of having next hour to play... Some excerpts from an audio CD set by a very uh, well-known writer, Dr. Wayne Dyer. On his, um, uh, f- he has a book called The Power of Intention, and we're going to be pay- playing some excerpts from that. Um, and so, but in a couple of weeks, the Blue and Gold will Report will be back, and then on alternating weeks with you and I, I will be here doing Phenomenal Women, which is all about well, phenomenal women.
1: And that's a wonderful program that you've done for years gone by. You're resuming that next week on January the 18th at 4 p.m. Pacific time.
0: However, right now we are here. And one of the delights and things that I look forward to every week is getting getting to spend time with my favorite hobbit,
1: And I, my favorite elf.
0: (laughs) And so, and we met briefly, as we usually do, uh, to go over the things of the show. And you gave me a little bit of um, um, dangled little carrot in front of my uh, nose about some movie news. So we will be getting to that. And I am anxiously waiting to find out what you've come up with because, um, as much as I love doing research for the show and reading and doing all of these things, um, I leave the research for the movies to you who are much well better at uh, handling such things. But before we go any further, I think we should take a moment to say hello to our friends.
1: Oh, my gosh, yes. I'd like to say hello to my nieces and nephews who will be listening via podcast. Almost all of them are going to be listening by podcast. My friends Chuck and Donna, my dear hobbit wife Nora, Mm. and all of the wonderful friends that, that we have uh, Martin in Toronto frequently listens via podcast, so welcome to the live listeners over the airwaves or at KUCI.org, and also welcome to those of you who are listening after the fact as you ride on airplanes or <laughs> as you work out at the gym, welcome, welcome to What Would Arwen Do on KUCI Irvine.
0: Yes, and I would like to say a very special hello to my friends who are listening, if any. <laughs>
1: Here, oh, um, we know there here? are. We have our little techniques, don't we? We know yes. there are some friends there listening. There are some
0: people. Um, but to just say hello, Mike Govan and Anne Suylaid, especially to Vanna, who I believe is listening from up in Washington, Row, down in Escondido. Uh, this, uh, Silver Scribe, who called in once, uh, mentioned that she's having, uh, dinner with her hubby, which is a very good thing to do, and she will be catching the podcast tomorrow. So the wonderful thing about technology is that, um, The things that you miss, you know, podcasts are kind of like TiVo, I guess, for TV. We have podcasts for radio. That's right. So, And anyone else, uh, perhaps Moise who might be listening up in uh, Lakewood, and maybe Ronald down in uh, Laguna, who knows. But to all of our friends, thank you so much for for listening and for just being in our hearts. So let's... um, I wanted to... We have the calendar, and and I uh, we sat down and we made a little list of things that we were going to do in order. Yes. And as um, <clears throat> although I'm an organized elf, I tend to I seem to have set that one particular little piece of paper. Right here in front of me. About, so uh, <clears throat>
1: the, the thing about January.
0: Yes, and I thought it would might be a nice thing to do on the show to uh, mention some of the things that were going on. And this I have to give full credit where it's due is was inspired by Amy of Pixelated Harmonies, which is on just before our show here, which is um, music for happy people. One of my absolute favorite shows uh, here at KUCI. So if you have not listened in, you might want to listen into Pixelated Harmonies and get happy. Uh, before you come and uh, spend some time with us. And she always uh, comes up with some interesting bit of trivia about something that happened on that particular date in history. Yes. <clears throat> and I thought it would, might be fun for us, as we often um, cover some local events, which we will do today, but also to talk a little bit about what was going on in the different months and different dates, uh, especially during the time of the quest for the ring. And there were lots of interesting things that were going on in January. Do you have your copy there?
1: Oh, I have it right in front of me, (laughs) Elf Princess. This is The Return of the King is the third part of The Lord of the Rings, Mm -hmm. and there's an appendix, Appendix B, if I recall, that has the great years. And in the great years, starting in Third Age 3018, they have a month-by-month rendering of the events, starting in April of 3018.
0: Yes, absolutely. And <clears throat> which is very excited, exciting. And so but we're going to jump ahead to January of three oh one nine. So um in December the Company of the Ring had left Rivendell at dusk. So uh, by this time and, and we all know that the uh, at Rivendell is where the fellowship was in fact formed. <clears throat> so Do you want to start off with some of these? I know um, the one that is actually the anniversary of today's date, uh, January 11th.
1: January the 11th is when that big snowstorm on Mm Cadrothras started and then finished tomorrow on January the 12th. But it started on January the 11th of the year 3019 Third Age.
0: So that was on the anniversary of today, actually, back in the year 3rd age 3019. <laughs> and then, of course, we have coming up on the 13th, Attack by Wolves in the Early Hours. The company reaches the West Gate of Moria at nightfall.
1: And then on the 14th, uh, that'll be celebrated as an anniversary this Friday, was their night in Hall 29, 21. Their night in Hall 21 mm-hmm. of Moria.
0: Then on the 15th, the bridge of, Ka- of khazad Doom and the fall of Gandalf. And the company reaches Nimrodel late at night. So it's amazing to think of how uh, just from the 25th of December, when the ring left, um, the company of the ring leaves Rivendell, uh, that we, in little over two weeks, actually, they go through carathras they are in khazad and they lose Gandalf.
1: Which was a mighty loss.
0: A very mighty loss. And uh, then the 17th, the company comes to Karis Galathon at evening, Karas Galathon being the outskirts of Lothlorien. And then I think, let's see, do we meet again before the 23rd? I think not.
1: No, we don't. Okay. And so on the 23rd, we see, and it's not talked a lot Exactly in the main narrative, mm-hmm. but Gandalf pursues that Balrog to the peak of Zirakzigil,
0: mm-hmm. and then on the twenty-fifth, he casts down the Balrog and passes away, and his body lies on the peak.
1: And that brings us to two weeks from today, ah, when we next will get yes. together for what would Arwen do.
0: So <clears throat> we have some a few local events. Do you have something? Well, uh, there's
1: one other thing of note that oh, okay. you had mentioned to me, and I didn't realize. We know from the Tolkien reader, which was a Ballantine book. I have the original Ballantine edition here in front of me, and it was mentioned that it, the story "Leaf by Niggle" was not published actually until 1947. Even though it was written earlier, it's not mm-hmm. published until January mm-hmm. of 1947 in a magazine called the Dublin Review.
0: Yes, and that I believe was in the month of January. <clears throat> I had written that down, um, and I and I thought I had the website to refer people to. Um, do, 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 do. No, London uh, W. London, January 1945. Uh, later reprinted in uh, Tree and Leaf. Yes. Oh, it also was the month that Sauron defeated. Was uh, uh, from the History of Middle Earth series. Uh, was. Published, which was you know brought together by JR, by Chris, Christopher Tolkien, and that was uh, January sixth of nineteen ninety two. So, but here locally, uh, let me mention real quick, and then we can jump over to something you have going up in Santa Monica. <coughs> but coming up uh, in the general LA area, our friends uh, from Lo- the Law of Attraction, uh, Jess, uh, <coughs> Jerry and Esther Hicks. Are going to be doing workshops. This is a wonderful tool for manifesting what you would like to see happen in your new year. And there's going to be a workshop up in West Los Angeles on uh, Saturday. Mm, Jan- oh. January 29th, I believe. Yes. And then in North Los Angeles coming up in February. So if you'd like information about that, you can visit their website at abraham-hicks.com. abraham-hicks.com. This is the Vortex of Attraction Workshops and Cruises. So this uh, this is a workshop series on manifesting the thing. Attracting into your life what it is you would like to attract instead of those things that you don't want to attract.
1: (laughs) And and that's exactly what Arwen would do, right? Mm -hmm. Arwen would attract, she would focus on attracting into her life those things that she wants to have in her life.
0: Absolutely. It's a very elvish concept um, because, as you know, whatever you focus on, you create more of. If you're feeling badly and you're thinking about bad things and you're upset, you're just creating more and more. You notice how you feel worse and worse and worse. Whereas if you can shift out of that and feel better and focus on the more you know positive things, you begin to create more and more of that. So, <clears throat> right. But this is this, is, this is, it's, it's and it's wonderful fun and you'll meet a lot of very positive people who are about uh, creating a, a world that is uh, pleasant to live in.
1: Another way to meet people that are very pleasant would be to go to the Films for Change Festival. They're showing a movie called Food, Inc. on the Broad Stage in Santa Monica, California, January fourteenth, two 2011. So that's that just a few this days. this Friday yes. at 7.30 p.m., plus a panel discussion with Chef Suzanne Goin and farmers Greg Nauta and Romeo Coleman, moderated by Amelia Salzman. And there's also an, a reception available with food by Chef Suzanne Goin. So if you want to find information about just the film in the panel or the film panel and reception with food by a real chef. Food? <laughs> and I saw, I you, saw as, your eyebrows as, go up and your hobbit, eyes light my, up. <laughs> my eyes light up and my tummy starts growling. You can feel free to call the Santa Monica College Performing Arts Center at area code 310 Four three four three two zero zero, or surf on the internet to thebroadstage.com that's spelled t-h-e-b-r-o-a-d-s-t-a-g-e dot com to find out more information.
0: And in case you have not seen the movie Food Inc., it is a difficult movie to see but um, I hope that people will have the courage to go to see it because it really um, <clears throat> sheds some light on the farming, you know, the farming practices uh, and where our food comes from these days and of the impact of these large commercial farms not only on uh, the ozone layer, you know, the commercial farms are the largest creator of greenhouse gases, but also for the treatment of the animals, the effect it has on the local communities and of just where our, you know, where our food comes from. It's very easy to just <clears throat> Pop something in the microwave and sit down and eat it. But uh, as you know, I have said many times, if you have darling little chickens running around in your yard, and if you, if you decided, oh, let's have some chicken nuggets for lunch, and if someone said, okay, well, then go out there and catch a chicken and chop its head off and you know <clears throat> feather it, it and pluck it and gut it, <laughs> and we'll fry it up for you. I bet a lot more people would say, mm, well, why don't we just have some broccoli and rice? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which, by the way, I can tell you is delicious.
0: It's delicious. And I just have to put it in... It's all up. about
1: mindfulness, really. It you, is. We've talked about that for the last couple of months, and you'll be talking about it more later on today's program. We are be really, talking about Food, it. But really, Food Inc. is a film that will help you in mindfulness in the area of your life about eating. And eating is very, very, very important.
0: Yes, and it was very eye-opening, a uh, very eye-opening movie with regards to, uh, chickens, you know, and just what, what, <clears throat> how it is, what kind of lives these chickens have before they come to us. And it was very interesting because just a couple of days ago, I was actually at Barnes & Noble, and they had their calendars on sale. Right. And I got this. I, I had never seen this before. And here is a calendar called Extraordinary Chickens. And, the and look at is these holding chickens. holding it
1: in her hands. Yeah. And... I'm seeing the pictures on each of the 12 months. I mean, months. how
0: adorable are these They're
1: so cute. Chickens. And some of them are amazing and fierce looking, too. Yes,
0: and just beautiful. I mean, they're absolutely beautiful. And I think many of us, we wouldn't think any, we would never consider uh, going and killing our family dog and eating it. But it's because we have a, developed an affection for dogs as domestic animals and pets. Well... The only difference is that we don't, haven't developed that for chickens. But maybe if we did, we would eat rice instead of chickens.
1: Exactly right.
0: So maybe we'll be, um, maybe we'll get to have uh, Stephen Green Armitage who did the photographs for this. Because uh, I'm very curious what the story is behind someone who would actually have a calendar of extraordinary chickens.
1: I mean, are these just simply paintings? Are they photographs? The photographs. Are they retouched photographs? How were the photographs made?
0: I don't know, but they're beautiful. I mean, uh, did you ever imagine that chickens could be quite so beautiful?
1: It's an amazing set of images. Mm-hmm.
0: So <clears throat> one more thing before we move on is uh, another local thing that's going on here at uh, the Interpretive Center, which I love. Wonderful place. You know, it's just, it's, uh, it's over here at the Back Bay of Newport Beach, one of the last remaining estuaries. Uh, the Nature Center there is one of the last remaining estuaries on the California coast, a place that is home to many birds and animals, especially this time of the year. A and place,
1: sea creatures.
0: Yes, for uh, animals to eat and be replenished as they, many of them actually stay here for the winter. Uh, many others stop over, you know, for a visit as they're on migrated their way south, and this coming, um, I guess it would be, is thir- the 13th, is that Friday night or Thursday night?
1: I the 13th is Thursday.
0: Thursday night.
1: January 13th. Yes, Thursday, yes, this, January coming, 13th. this coming
0: Thursday night at uh, 6.30, they're going to have coffee and snacks, and at 7 o'clock, they're going to be showing the movie Fuel. Now, have you seen hmm. this?
1: No, unfortunately, I have not seen Fuel. I've heard that it is uh, tremendously dramatic telling.
0: Mm-hmm. It says uh, the world is addicted to oil. It's time for an intervention, and so it says fuel. Change your fuel, change your world. And um, uh, the the flyer here is very small, but it looks like it has all kinds of awards here. From is that like from Sundance? It's, it's, and
1: it's won many awards around the world.
0: Okay, so there. This is a free showing. It's going to be this coming Thursday night at the Interpretive Center and it's put uh, brought to you us to us by Newport Beach Film Festival in partnership with Orange County Parks Newport Bay Conservancy and if you are interested you can go to www.newportbay.org and it looks like you could also go to newportbeachfilmfest.com right yes. for information about yes. that Newport again yes
1: newportbeachfilmfest.com will also give you a pointer to that screening and because it's a free screening and because it's a well-known Film. I I would urge people to show up early. What is the uh, screening time shown there? The
0: screening the six thirty p.m. for coffee six. and snacks. Seven o'clock the movie starts.
1: I would urge folks to show up before six thirty to try yes. to get a seat.
0: Okay, and it's at the beautiful Peter and Mary Muth Interpretive Center, two three zero one University Drive, Newport Beach, nine two six six zero. And I believe if you can also just go to. Uh, uh, newportbay.org and Google them and you can get a, a phone number but probably you can get a phone number just through those websites fuel fuel <clears throat> and uh, I have not actually seen this I think I may try to run over there when I get off of work I may have to sit in the aisles but that's okay yeah. we el- we else can sit on the ground
1: and the next program you can give us a movie review
0: yes the world is addicted to oil it's time for an intervention so Let me play uh, just a little tiny bit of um, movie music and we can get right into because I'm just about jumping out of my seat here. So (laughs) let's hear a little bit of music from the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, the complete recordings, uh, some Hobbit music to get us in the mood for movie news about the upcoming Hobbit movies. Okay. KUCI in Irvine. That is Flaming Red Hair from the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, the complete recording. So we'll hear a little bit more of that afterwards. But here we are, Milo lums down, my dear Hobbit friend, and we have movie news, have we not?
1: Yes. Well, we don't want to read everything, but we do want to say from the Hollywood Reporter, than mm-hmm. which there is no more authoritative source in the area of film, it's official. Sir Ian McKellen to return as Gandalf in The Yay. Hobbit. Ian McKellen has signed on to return as Wizard Gandalf in The Hobbit, the two-pick adaptation of the J.R.R. Tolkien novel being directed by Peter Jackson.
0: This is a great relief. <laughs> I mean, and, just that it's c-
1: confirmed. And and uh, Deadline.com echoes it. And that is uh, also Andy Serkis has signed to reprise Gollum in yes. The Hobbit which is a very important role. Riddles Absolutely. in the dark is almost the fulcrum of the entire mythology. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing chapter in The Hobbit and an amazing event in the mythology of middle Earth. Just a wonderful thing. So examiner.com also also repro- you know it talks about that. Mm-hmm. Before I get to the big news, uh, one other thing. David Tennant, who is famous as one of the people to play Doctor Who in that British science fiction, science fantasy TV series, is apparently in talks to be Thranduil, the oh, And he could I need be excellent. L- he d- could be excellent.
0: I don't know who that is. I have to look up and see what he looks like. Does he look, look very elvish?
1: He, he looks quite elvish. <laughs> he is tall and thin mm-hmm. and looks different than... I would say looks different than the elves of Imladris of like Hugo. Okay, uh, doesn't look at all like Hugo weaving. But then they're different elves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I would say he looks more akin to Legolas to Orlando mm-hmm. Bloom in a way,
0: which uh, which uh, makes sense uh, because there are rumors
1: of Orlando. Yes, and and I would say that. Uh, that those rumors could come to pass quite easily. But here's the big thing, the thing that I haven't shared with you yet. Okay. The elf knew about the other rumors and the other facts about Sarian McKellen and Andy Serkis. Yes. But here's the new piece of news. This is from the theonering.net, a wonderful website about all things related to The Lord of the Rings and mm-hmm. The Hobbit, the books and the movies, although you also like the TheOneRing.com the one, the one for ring.com. news groups and for community. Yes. For news, I would say TheOneRing.net is very good. So this is an exclusive story. January 7th. It was submitted by Mr. Siri. Elijah Wood will be in The Hobbit. <gasps> Deadline hinted first, but TheOneRing.net can confirm. Elijah Wood will step in front of Peter Jackson's cameras and return to Middle Earth for a part in The Hobbit. And we even know how. Despite how some fans will respond at first, the reasons are organic and natural. Now, of course, in the book, The Hobbit, well, Frodo isn't born yet, of right. course. And so you may wonder, well, how on earth does this make any sense? Well, right. it makes perfect sense if you imagine that Peter Jackson is trying to create a fabric of five movies that hold together as perhaps a single masterwork. Right. Right. So, as readers of The Hobbit know, The Tale of the Downfall of the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit or There and Back Again are contained in the fictional Red Book of Westmarch. In Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings films, the book is shown on screen and is written in by Bilbo and Frodo, and then when they depart to the Grey Havens, that book is handed off to Sam Gamgee, not Gamji. Not explained on film are Sam's progeny later having the book and being wardens of Westmarch hence the title of the book, which is The Red Book of Westmarch. So, apparently, the plan is to have the first film open with Frodo reading from The Red Book of Westmarch, which, of course, ta- tells the tale of The Hobbit.
0: So, oh my gosh. a Kind of, um, for, I got a little vision there of uh, The Princess Bride, you know, where you have the, the young boy and, you know, Peter Falky's grandfather is reading to them, and Then he begins to read the story of the Princess Bride. So how perfect! So in the Lord of the Rings, of course, we have Galadriel in the prologue giving us the history, the back history leading up to the you know the current story, but the uh, last alliance of men and elves, and you know Sauron and losing the ring, and all of that. And so then we have Frodo giving us. And maybe perhaps in a sense, kind of like a prologue type of thing for the Hobbit movies.
1: Exactly right. And I'm reminded of the Hobbit production up at the Maverick Theater, where an unnamed elf princess is on the side of the stage in the mm, stage production. Yes. And it's as if she's retelling the tale of the Hobbit to a bunch of young children, young elf children. And it's in a very, very effective dramatic technique to open a film with someone telling the tale and then dissolving to the actual live events of Bilbo's little house there, little yes. hole in the Shire.
0: Well, and how excited, exciting for many of us who have loved these movies for so many years now, <laughs> it's been over 10, and to see Elijah would uh, be becoming a part of the Hobbit movies as well. And he has
1: become quite a fine actor, by the way.
0: I I I think that the lives of so many of the cast members of Lord of the Rings were were changed in so many ways. I mean some of the wonderful articles that I read even back during that time of um, the camaraderie and the companionship and the support that they had for each other and the and the friendships that lasted, you know, have lasted for so long. So, um so we have Kate Blanchett Confirmed. Um, we have uh, Orlando Bloom tentative talked about. I would
1: about say, I'd say he's tentative. Yeah. There may be some final, final script details there. I mean, it may be a situation where the script is complete, mm-hmm. but they'd like to introduce him if possible.
0: Yeah. Uh, and we uh, know
1: that both Billy Boyd and Billy Boyd and the other actor that played another Hobbit friend. They've all expressed interest in coming right. back in some part.
0: Right. And um Hugo Weaving we d- we haven't heard anything Hugo about Hugo
1: Weaving is yet to be absolutely confirmed and yet okay. of course Elrond Yes unlike Galadriel Elrond right. is in the Hobbit right. book. Right. Right. So Oh we shall thank
0: see. you so much that's very exciting news. Oh it's just going to be so fun to see how these things unfold although I I want to make sure because you did give a little spoiler there you know.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: I may have to. I may have to go into these movies a little bit differently. I was so careful with Lord of the Rings. I didn't even read the books before I saw them. Uh, you know, even after the first movie, I I started reading, and I did read most of the Fellowship. But I decided not to ring the, read the Two Towers into the Two Towers before right. I saw the movies, just so that I could.
1: Which is my recommendation as yes. a long-time movie fan. I basically strongly recommend people not to read a book uh before they see the film. Right. In my case I couldn't do that because I had been reading mm-hmm. The Lord of the Rings for many years, year mm-hmm. in and year out, over and over again, when Peter Jackson was announced yeah. in nineteen ninety nine to be the director of the trilogy. Right. And I said, Him? Yeah. Huh? Well, I think
0: I'm probably not going to read The Hobbit, at least not... I I may read parts of it here and there, you know, for specific incidents, but I'm not going to read it through as a story uh, before the movies come out. I'm just not going to... So even though I've got to wait a couple years, there's plenty else to read.
1: There's plenty else to read. read. And, for instance, speaking of that, at some point this quarter, in the Unfinished Tales book by J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, collected and commented on by his son Christopher Tolkien... There is a wonderful chapter called The Quest of Erebor, mm-hmm. which really talks about, it talks about some of the details behind Gandalf's consideration in getting Bilbo involved with Thorin Oakenshield. It's a, a wonderful piece that fills in a significant piece of missing thing but that's not for today yes we should remind we should remind new listeners it's a new year and a new quarter and we have a new host well really the old host come (laughs) back again that the goal of this program is actually not so much to talk about tolkien and the movies as it is to talk about mindfulness and intention and really what would arwen do what would what would an elf do with the current situations in Orange County, California.
0: And that really has been my adventure. Now going on, um, well, 2010, this is 2011. So is 2011. As, as of March, it will be nine years <laughs> of my adventure. adventure of my adventure as an elf. My life as an elf. And the myriad ways that it has enriched my life um, through... Um, Reading the the books of Tolkien and taking the Elves as uh, very literal in the sense uh, mentors and archetypes for living, and uh, it has been an, a wonderful adventure. I'd like for us to um, we're we're going to talk a little bit about. Oh, gosh, we, and look at where our time is practically gone. <laughs> but no about, way. About setting intentions. Yes, it is. It is. We're just quarter till. Um, but I would like to talk a little bit about um, again, as we mentioned earlier, uh, the few, you know, the in the earlier weeks, the idea of as we come into a new year of setting resolutions, which we tend to just break, and then we. That we uh, beat ourselves up because we didn't keep our resolutions, and so why set yourself up for for failure? And but maybe set, uh, think of this year as a year more for setting intentions rather than uh, resolutions. And it's very interesting because uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer has a wonderful book here, and uh, I love to recommend. To people, books that I believe um, help us to become better human beings. Rivendell was known for lore. Uh, Lothlorien was a place of beauty and healing, and Rivendell also was a place of healing, but it was really known for the lore and a, a great place of learning. And so, and I know for me, books are just, uh, my room is full of books. <laughs> I live in the midst of books, and, and I part love part of them.
1: that is due to your many visits to the Newport Beach Library, <laughs> Friends of the library sale room.
0: That's right. And so let's take a moment, uh, because elves love to give gifts as do hobbits. And a great way to start the new year is, uh, with a way to be, uh, inspired. And so, if you are thinking of setting intention, we're going to take a moment and play a little bit more of that Hobbit music. Wonderful. Um, but give our listeners an opportunity to call in. And we have a giveaway today, two giveaways. They have their choice. Uh, one is, uh, and these are used books, these are re-gifted books from the Newport Beach Public Library, uh, Friends of the Library Bookstore, uh, my, my favorite, favorite bookstore. And we have a copy of Random Acts of Kindness. And this is a book that will inspire you in case you cannot really think, you know, it's like, well, I don't know how to do things. This will give you examples of things that other people have done and things that you can do in your own life just to practice. And and I like to actually think of it rather than random acts of kindness, of of non-random acts of kindness, of intentional acts of kindness. Maybe this year for you is a year of living more kindly, or, you know, for me, maybe it's the year of living mindfully. Maybe, I know, for me, the thing that's been coming up is the year of living generously. And there are so many ways to give, and it's like, it's amazing because you give, and then you get emptied out, and the universe just fills you up again. And so this is one of the books that our listeners can get. Another one that is very, another gift from the uh, Newport Beach Public Library, Um if, if uh, Either Random Acts of Kindness or Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and it's all small stuff. And the subtitle is Simple Ways to Keep Little Things from Taking Over Your Life. This is a New York Times bestseller by Richard Carlson, Ph.D. And so we're going to play a little bit of Hobbit music. And our call no- what is our call-in number?
1: Area code 949-UCI-KUCI.
0: Or 949 949- 824 eight, So this is What Would Arwen Do? in case you're just tuning in. I am Tani Tenuviel here with my Hobbit co-host Milo Lomestown and this is KUCI, the best radio station in the history of the universe.
1: Please, and here's... Please call 949-824-5824.
0: And here's how Shore. sure. That was music from?
1: The Fellowship of the Ring, the great score, one of three great scores by the great Howard Shore. Music that, when I first saw the films, their opening weekends in each case, I said, wow, that music was really good for the movie. But it wasn't until last year, Elf Princess, when you and (laughs) I, or the year before last, I guess Mm -hmm. it is now, when when you introduce me to the complete recordings and I listen to the music standalone, and it's also very good.
0: Absolutely. And that is one of my favorite songs, which when the original soundtrack came out, I was so disappointed that they did not have the song from <laughs> right. the uh, Bilbo's birthday party in which Sam Gan- Gamgee and Rosie dance by Frodo pushing Sam out onto the right. dance floor. But here we have it in its entirety in the Wonderful. complete recordings. So, um, talking a little bit more about Setting an intention for the new year and uh how um, how in a sense that can be might be a different way that people want to take rather than setting resolutions. Some people are fine with setting resolutions. In the next hour, I will be playing some excerpts from uh, Wayne Dyer's book, The Power of Intention. We can't put that on podcast because it's copyrighted material, but if people would like to tune in, or perhaps even listen themselves, or get Wayne's book, it is a wonderful book called uh, The Power of Intention. And in this, I love he gives kind of a little um, definition. He says, intention is generally viewed as a pit kind of determination, propelling one to succeed at all costs by never giving up on an inner picture. In this view, an attitude that combines hard work with an indefatigable drive toward excellence is the way to succeed. However, intention is viewed very differently in this book. Dr. Wayne Dyer has researched intention as a force in the universe that allows the act of creation to take place. Jared Tolkien would love that, his whole idea of sub-creation. Right. This book explores inten- intention not as something you do, but as an energy you're part of. We're all intended here through the invisible power of intention. This is the first book to look at intention as a field of energy you can access to begin co-creating your world.
1: So, so uh, a lot of that or some of that is going to come up in the hour following What Would Arwen Do here on KUCI Irvine. But right now, it's interesting Tani, you clever elf, that you yeah. found something in the collected letters of J.R.R. R. Tolkien that talks about Tolkien and intention. Very fascinating.
0: Yes. Um, it. And when I read this, I thought... Which it, letter was this? This is actually from letter... Um, it's the one that is quoted so very often, letter 130 uh, to S- Sir Stanley Unwin.
1: Oh, publisher of Lord of the Rings.
0: Yes. And he said... J.R.R. Tolkien says here... Um, do not laugh, but once upon a time my crest has long since fallen, I had a mind to make a body of more or less connected legend, ranging from the large and cosmogonic to the level of romantic fairy story, the splendor from the vast backcloths, which I could dedicate dedicate simply to to England, to my country. He goes on to say um, of course of course such an overweening purpose did not develop all at once the mere stories were the thing they arose in my mind as given things and as they came separately so too the links grew an absorbing though continually interrupted labor especially since even apart from the necessities of life the mind would wing to the other pole and spend itself in the linguistics yet always i had the sense of recording what was already there somewhere, not of inventing. But it's interesting to say that, uh, to notice how he uses these words, I had a mind to make a body of work. I had an overweening purpose. And we see that, in fact, over all of these years, he did. He did eventually create uh, a mythology, and we see that in the Book of Lost Tales, We Uh, see
1: it in the book uh, Unfinished Tales. Yeah. We see it in the history of Middle Earth, that gargantuan, I believe, Mm 13-volume set that Christopher Tolkien, his son, edited all of the papers together into an almost chronological sequence with lots of footnotes about textual variations. But basically, we have a complete universe of history mm-hmm. about Middle-earth from the very very beginnings of creation right down into the fourth age and the kingdom of king Elisar, also yes. known as Strider or Aragorn
0: and he says in a later um, in another letter i think this is 165 or something I don't know, what is um Yes, 165, this is a letter to Houghton Mifflin, says, This be- this business began, so the writing of his, uh, his, his writing, his body of writing, this business began so far back that it might be said to have begun at birth. Amazing. Somewhere about six years old, I tried to write some verses on a dragon, about which I now remember nothing except that it contained the expression of a green great dragon, and that I remained puzzled for a very long time at being told that this should be great green. But the mythology and associated languages first began to take shape during the nineteen fourteen to nineteen eighteen war. So, <clears throat> wow! This is this is just something that might come about.
1: Amazing! Um, oh my gosh! Have you looked at the watch? <laughs> Have you looked at the clock? <laughs> it is it's in amazing. time. It is
0: in time. Two minutes before the hour, and the hour of our parting again.
1: Oh my gosh! And this time for two weeks, as you resume next week with the wonderful program Phenomenal Woman here on KUCI Irvine. This has been What Would Arwen Do for Tuesday, January the 11th, 2011. Next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time will be the return of Phenomenal Woman on Tuesday, January the 18th at 4 p.m. Pacific Time here on KUCI 88.9 FM, the greatest irvine radio station (laughs) in the history of middle earth
0: well we want to say thank you again to all of our friends especially my friends listening in from tolkien online and here in southern california for being with us today and what a joy it has been to be with and spend this time it flies by so fast it's no wonder that the elves had to live thousands and thousands of years because there are so many wonderful things to crowd into a day
1: there are indeed (laughs) and at as always at your service Tani, you clever and industrious, you <laughs> perspicacious and titanic elf in your knowledge, experience, and wisdom. Oh! Thank you for sharing your wisdom and insights with us all.
0: Well, thank you for being here, my friend. And until in two weeks when we will come back and have more fun, Elen Solalum and a star shines on the hour of our meeting, my friend. And we will leave with some uh, music from... The uh, Return of the King, sung by my friend Colette, Uh, the Academy Award-winning movie uh, music uh, by Howard Shore and Annie Lennox, Uh, but this version sung by Coco B. Into the West.
1: Into the West. Marvelous. Thank you, Elf Princess Tani.
0: And until next time. And this is KUCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of the universe. And hang in there. I'll be back in just a few moments with some... um, Power of intention for the new year.